As an agribusiness expert with Alliant Energy and a farmer, I know how important it is to get the most out of your land. I know that also applies to getting the most out of how your farm uses energy. That's why Alliant Energy offers free farm energy assessments. With a farm energy assessment, someone like me will find all kinds of ways to help you save money and energy. We can even connect you with rebates to help make energy equipment upgrades even more affordable. Schedule your free assessment at AlliantEnergy.com slash FarmEnergyAssessment. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we are live, but we got to let it breathe just for a moment. We got to bring on our Facebook clan, get him in here, get him in the room with us here, and then we will dive right in. Very, very busy day at Broncos HQ, and we're good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, my partner in crime, who you know, who you love. He is the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com and my fellow football priest. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, today was quite a momentous day, and it started first off the bat. We got to just get this out of the way and exercise these demons with the Denver Broncos rescinding the RFA tender, which was the original round tender on Philip Lindsay, so that he could be 100% unrestricted, free to take whatever deal he wanted out there in the NFL. But it guaranteed, Zach, with a big capital G, Philip Lindsay's gone. Yeah, we all knew that, though. I mean, when they wouldn't tender him, they wouldn't pay him, they bring in Melvin Gordon. This all was a chain reaction from last year. So as much as George Payton had the final say, and I believe he was the one who made the call, there's someone, Pat Shermer, John Elway, Vic Fangio, it's two years in a row now where they undervalue Philip Lindsay. But when they didn't put the second-round tender, we had that podcast in real time. We covered that in real time. And I said right then, this means he's gone, Chad. I mean, obviously – and then you rescind that. And they say it's a mutual decision, and Philip Lindsay handled it really well on Twitter, his statement to the fans, statement to the team. I'm just still very heated about it. It doesn't sit right with me. I think they disrespected him very, very dirty, and we're not the only ones. There's other outlets. If you go on rotoworld.com and read the blurbs of Philip Lindsay, they use that word as well. It's not just Chad and I. He's... You could say he's on an RB1 by technicality. He, he lacks this, he lacks that, but he was the heart of the Broncos not too long ago. He was everyone's fan favorite not too long ago. He was everyone's MVP not too long ago. And what? Because of what? Because Melvin Gordon came in, ran for less than a 1,000 yards with a drunken driving arrest? What? Because he's not the best pass catcher? He's not the best in pass pro? Everyone's giving up on him? It's sickening to me, Chad. And to discard him like he's nothing when he was a Denver almost legend right up in their backyard, went to high school, college, undrafted free agent to the Pro Bowl, first ever undrafted Pro Bowl running back. I mean, two-time 1,000-yard rusher. He was misused in this offense. He was run incorrectly. And yet, that's how they do that. And then the final straw was to bring in a running back who's way less proven and give him more money. 
doesn't yeah. sit right with me at all. I mean, Mike Boone, I think he can be a fine running back for the Broncos, especially as a number two option, but that is beside the point. The point here is, and I'm seriously, I've had it up to here with the refrains that, oh, well, you know, Lindsey's not worth keeping around because he can't pass block. You know, he's only 190 pounds or Philip Lindsay's not worth keeping around because, you know, he doesn't have the greatest hands in the world or Philip Lindsay's not worth keeping around because, hey, we all knew he wasn't a scheme fit for Shermer. Get out of here with that noise. Seriously, like you are grossly miscalculating. And I, I'm sorry I have to say this about the current Denver Broncos GM because this, you know, the the, uh, the aspersion goes all the way up to the top. But he said himself, Zach, when he first got here with regard to Justin Simmons, we are not in the business of letting our best players walk out the door. Now you know that even though he's a first-year GM, George Payton is absolutely schooled in the art of GM speak. All right. There was a time I'm like, you know, he's a pretty straight shooter. I think that's my, that's kind of my read, my vibe on him. And even though I still think for the most part, like he'll tell you what he's thinking in a very, you know, he's not going to, he's not going to betray any secrets or give anyone a, you know, a leg up as far as his competition, but like he'll answer very to the point, short, sweet. However, he is a politician. You got to be a politician if you're going to be a GM. You can't believe every single word that comes out of this man's mouth, and, and nor should you, right? This is the NFL. They have to guard. They have to shade exactly what they're doing. But if you're in the business, and it turns out you are, George, in the business of letting your best players walk out the door, because I'm sorry to tell you, it, for those of you who are sleeping on this reality, Philip Lindsay was, it pains me to have to, to use the past tense here, Zach, was one of your best players. In fact, I would argue he was one of your two best offensive players behind only Cortland Sutton. First of all, I'm not in any mood tonight to deal with the backlash. You guys can disagree with me all you want. I I see all these these pushback comments, uh, you know, like from Ruben here. You guys need to relax. First of all, Ruben, I will not relax. This is my podcast, and I will go off when I want to. But he wasn't that damn good. You guys are crazy. He can't block. He can't catch. He's too small. Well, listen, he hasn't changed since 2018 when the Broncos picked him up. Why was it okay then? Why were all the fans willing to look past his dalliances then, Chad? Him being too small, him not being able to pass protect or catch. He was fine then. He was the spark plug of this team. And going into 2019, everyone was talking about, oh, is this the next, you know, Terrell Davis? Is this the next long-term running back? Give Philip Lindsay an extension. Let's get him locked down now. Now he's being discarded because of what? Because the Broncos are siding with Pat Shermer and Melvin Gordon, two men who probably won't be here this time next year. But yet you get to discard one of your homegrown players, and yet you're still playing footsie with another one in Justin Simmons. It just it all adds up, Chad, to me. And I don't like the fact they're they're pushing him out the door for what tangible reason? He doesn't help the offense. The injury concerns, that's a lie. He's played in way more games than people want to give him credit for. I think he's missed like four games as a pro, four or five games. Uh, he can catch. He was given seven targets last year. Throw him the ball. He can catch. I have highlights on my Twitter account. He can pass block. He can run up the middle. Is he an all pro? No, but neither is Mike Boone. Neither is Melvin Gordon. Neither is Royce Freeman. Philip Lindsay, though, like you said, Chad, he was the Broncos offense for at least a year and a half. He was the only one who had speed, explosive, power. He had everything you want, heart, determination. He loved being a Bronco. He loved the community. He loved the locker room. And look, all because of these two guys, you're kicking all that out now. All of those contributions, all that he's done, all the time and the investment and the energy and the cachet that Philip Lindsay brought the Broncos chat. He put, kind of helped put them back on the map at a time when they couldn't have been further off of it. So, no, I will not relax about this. I have my opinions. You guys can disagree. And that's that. Ruben, 
my question to you is, was this your take in 2018 when Philip right. Lindsay was the only thing keeping the Denver Broncos even semi-competitive? Let me remind you, all right, when, when Royce Freeman went down with that high ankle sprain in 2018 and the Broncos were on the, in the midst of a two- or three-game slide, they, they were out of the playoffs. Then they went into their bye. Then they came out of the bye with Philip Lindsay as the starting running back. He proceeded to rip off three consecutive 100-yard rushing games. They won three in a row, battled back into the playoff race, only to then crumble down the stretch. It was the last stand of, of Vance Joseph. We know how that story ended. Were you, Ruben, telling this story then? Or even in 2019 when the offensive coordinator was completely uninspired, the, and initially anyway, and he started to kind of get a groove, Rich Scangarello. But for, for, for Philip Lindsay, he was the battering ram. Your five foot eight, five foot nine, 190 pound running back had to serve as the battering ram. He was the inside zone, outside zone. I mean, constant, just he was the bell cow. And he didn't have as many as explosive plays as a result because he had to be the workhorse. So the idea was to have Philip Lindsay, you know, basically take some of the load off him with whether it's from a guy like Melvin Gordon or Royce Freeman, hey, pump the brakes on him having to touch the ball 15 to 25 times a game and just let him, you know, uh, quality, not quantity per se. They didn't want to do that. Instead, you know, they, they basically went off the rails in 2020 in terms of the usage. Trevor Judge had a great article today explaining, look, the four reasons, let's expose the four real reasons that the Broncos bounced Philip Lindsay. One of those reasons, all right, was the fact that the experiment – Trying to trying to fit the round peg into the square hole, trying to fit Philip Lindsay into Pat Shermer's scheme, it didn't work. And surprise, it rarely does. You have to do it the other way around. All right. You got to scheme to the player's strengths. And again, if you are in the business, Zach, and then we got we'll move on and, and churn some topics here. But if you're in the business of in fact letting your best players walk out the door when you are fully within, I mean, there's nothing stopping the Broncos from throwing a, a little money at him. There's nothing stopping the Broncos from second-round RFA tendering him at the very least, guaranteeing he comes back, paying him a little bit of money, and seeing if last year was the fluke. You know, like people like Ruben, et cetera, they want to claim like he's constantly injured. This dude played 31 of 32 games his first two years, right? And then last year, of course, you know, is when the injury bug struck. So it's it's really tragic. It's unfortunate. It it does it is upsetting. I mean, look right here. By the way, Mohammed, appreciate the super chat dog. He says the dragon is on fire. I love it. Zach John Houston says I called off work today. Cut and fill. Cut me deep. Appreciate you, John. I feel that dude. Philip Lindsay to me uh, is is really just one of the. I mean, he's a success story of the Denver Broncos. He's a success story of Broncos country. He's a success story. He's a totem for all of the fans and just a Denver legend. I will say that he's a Denver legend just for what he did. And I'm sorry, guys, because we talk about this. It's about the team. It's not about the player. We do mean that. But they did Philip Lindsay, one of their own, dirty. That's the bottom line. And you know what you said? Uh, they're not in the business letting their best players get away. Obviously, they didn't value Philip Lindsay as one of their best players. They didn't think he was one of them, and that's disappointing to me. You talk about you know not paying him the money. Well, the Broncos, I know it wasn't under George Payton, but they can open up their pocketbook and give Chris Harris Jr. $3 million because he asked for it. Why is he any different? Because he was Chris Harris Jr.? And again, about you know it, there's such contradictory, hypocritical answers from Broncos country about Philip Lindsay. They
they say this is one of the arguments against him. Running backs are a dime a dozen, but yet let's all go in, all in on Melvin Gordon. He's five times better. So which is it? Philip Lindsay's a dime a dozen, or all running backs are? For my money, Philip Lindsay did way more with way less than Melvin Gordon's ever done. One thousand yard season on Gordon's resume, two on Philip Lindsay's in the Denver offense. Whereas in Gordon in L.A. or San Diego, whatever, he had weapons. He had pieces around him. He's a better running back. Remember the stats don't show that to me. Philip Lindsay was more explosive. He was a bigger playmaker. He loved this locker room more. He was a better teammate. He was better for the community. He literally gave everything he had. He lived with his parents at one time, and he put everything he could into football. Nothing flashy, nothing ostentatious, no clubbing, no partying, no cars, no jewelry. It was all football for Melvin for uh, Philip Lindsay, and you don't see him getting pulled over. You don't see him getting DUI'd. You don't see him fumbling the football. It's so maddening to me that it's the same thing like Demarius Thomas, what happened when they drafted Cortland Sun. Get rid of DT. We don't need him anymore. You know, they can move on. Same thing that happened when Deshaun Watson became available and the Locke supporters out there were like, Lock and go. We don't need him anymore. Move on. He's trash. It's this fickle nature of the fan base, Chad. It's like, are you a, a fan of the player? Or are you a fan of the team? I really wonder. Well, in the case of, of Broncos country, I'll give I'll give fans, of course, a, the benefit of the doubt. I think the majority of fans were shocked and disappointed to see what happened this morning. But one thing I'll say is when it comes to being a fan, I mean, look, it's disappointing. It sucks. But you got to move on, right? It's back to, you know, Lindsay's going to move on. The Broncos are going to move on. Eventually, the sting of this is going to is going to subside and fade. But right now, it really does. It, it, it does sting. All right. And we're going to go through it. We got so many topics to get to tonight. First of all, this is the Mile High Mailbag episode where we take a peek inside to see what's on your mind because we are your football priests each and every week. We're here to offer you that absolution and answers to your burning Broncos questions. And while we're doing that, Zach, it was a hopping day with regard to Bronco news. Not only did it start with the Philip Lindsay uh, slobber knocker, but we had the press conferences, the free agent press conferences today at 4 p.m. local time. George Payton said four or five very noteworthy things that were newsworthy that we're going to get to. Plus, there's the Kyle Fuller news we're going to get to. All right, guys, just a couple of quick matters of business, I promise, and we're diving right back in. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod, and then while you're at it, the main account at Mile High Huddle. My partner, as you can see on the screen here, Zach Kelberman at Kelberman NFL. Myself at Chad and Jensen, and our great producer Buana Beast that does so much behind the scenes while we're live, does so much behind the scenes when we're not live. Follow him on Twitter as well at John K M H H. Also, uh, the podcast page on Facebook continues to grow. We appreciate each and every one of you that have. Uh, flocked over there, both liked and followed the page. At the end of tonight's show, we are going to announce the uh, latest winner of the randomly selected giveaway. As long as you're liking and following the page, you are entered into those weekly giveaways. We'll announce that at the end of tonight's show, but it's simple. Open up Facebook, search Huddle Up Podcast, daily Denver Broncos coverage. You'll find it. Just search Huddle Up Podcast. You'll find it. Uh, check out the merch store when you get a minute. Get your get your swag on at huddleuppod.com. Get a hat, get a t-shirt, mug, face mask. Tank tops is starting to warm up a little bit around the country. A little something for everybody, and it's just another way to support what we're doing here at MHH. And you've heard us talk about this a lot recently, but we recently uh, brought on a great graphics and design guy, and he has been furiously cranking out designs very, very soon. They're going to be showing up on the merch store, and it's not just going to be MHH-oriented designs like we've done up to this point, little MHH cultural things, right, but also things tied to the Denver Broncos. So go over there and, and keep an eye on that stuff. And then also, this is our last podcast for Zach and I this week. 
but make sure you become a supporter on Facebook, facebook.com slash mile high huddle. Click that big blue button because Saturday you get the trickle zone at noon mountain time, deep diving on some NFL draft stuff that you are not going to want to miss. Believe that. And then on Sunday, of course, the 11th episode, I believe, Zach, of Kelberman's Corner, hot takes that hold yes. water. It's a little bit different than this flavor here we do on these live form streams. So check that out if you want access to uh, to Kelberman's Corner and, our, and to MHH's VIP premium video content. And if you're not in a position to do those things, gang, what you're doing right now, listening, watching, downloading already is enough for us. We appreciate it. We value and appreciate each and every one of you. We do ask, though. Do these three things. Subscribe, especially for on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, wherever you're enjoying the show. Make sure you're subscribed. Click the notifications. Like the video if you think we're doing a good job. Guys, just liking this on YouTube and Facebook. I mean, right now we have upwards of 500 combined if you count Facebook, Twitter, uh, Twitch, and YouTube. If each one of you, while you're watching, simply like the video, you have no idea how much that helps us. But number three is the litmus test. If we're doing a good job for you, if, if you respect the effort, even if we might disagree at times, Share this video out there and help us continue to grow and reach new like-minded Broncos fans just like you. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. All right, real quick here. Um, let's grab this from Brandon since it's early and the stream's about to jump him. Thank you, Brandon, for the super chat. We really, I mean, dude, you've been on fire lately with the super. So thank you, my dog. We see you. We appreciate you. Uh, we know we now got uh, Mike Boone um, as our running back. Yes, that, and he was announced today. If you missed it, Mike Boone was signed last night. Two-year deal could be worth upwards of four and a half million. We'll see. And uh, I like hearing from him today. He sounds like a sharp dude. Sounds like a hungry dude. Sounds like a guy that's appreciative of the opportunity the Broncos are giving him. So Sounds like Philip Lindsay. He even gave props to Philip Lindsay because he got a Philip Lindsay question. And he goes, dude, much respect, much love to Philip Lindsay. This is me paraphrasing him. You know, I wish him the best. All I can do is focus on what I was brought here to do. And so, yeah, that's, that's who was signed. Now, real quick, Zach, from Christian. Appreciate you, Christian. He says, with the release of Kareem Jackson, I really hope we trade down and draft Trevon Mowry. Now, it's interesting, this, and I like that safety as well. And if you guys have been keeping up with MHH's draft content, you know exactly who Trevon Morig is. 
But Zach, today, one of the things George Payton said that was noteworthy, the Broncos and Kareem Jackson left the door open for a Kareem Jackson return. What are the odds of that happening? I don't think very high. I believe in in Kareem Jackson's mind, um, if he was dug in for his current contract, what he was going to be paid this year, I believe he'd still think to himself, I can get that or comparable to that on the open market. It would take a major concession for him to go back to the Broncos hat in hand for a reduced contract. I don't see that as being likely, but again, that's Peyton being a good general manager and always keeping the door open. Again, I mentioned this plenty of times before, uh, always keeping the Broncos' best leverage and best interest in mind. If they want him back, sure, but you know, I don't think he's going to come groveling back for less than he would have made. Ultimately, I do think the Broncos will fill this position through the draft. They might re-sign like a Will Parks for a short-term contract, but I believe the next starter opposite Simmons will come through the draft. There are some. Re- this is a really good safety class for the draft, so if they do end up not signing a veteran – There are some options that could be day one starters, and Eric Trickle recently published three to kind of keep an eye on early, right? We've already talked about guys on this podcast, and if you're following also Building the Broncos and Dove Valley Deep Divers and Mile High Insiders, you've heard names like Richie Grant from UCF, Paris Ford from Pittsburgh. But here's three other guys that you really need to keep an eye on, including the guy that Christian just mentioned, Tyree Gillespie of Missouri, Andre Sisco of Syracuse, and Trevon Mooring of TCU. So we'll see how that uh, ends up taking shape for your Denver Broncos as we inch a little bit closer to uh, draft time. I would be surprised, though, if they went uh, safety in the first round. That, to me, is like a second or third round need, and fortunately for the Broncos, uh, that level of of talent lines up with uh, the round they're going to look in. There are so many topics we need to get to tonight, but real quick, I want to grab this. John, I don't know if you can grab Drew's super chat, his topic I want to get to. All right, thank you, Drew. Uh, We're counting down the day, dude. It's, uh, you know, what, three days, four days, three days, four days. Until uh, you're going to be on the show. We're looking forward to meeting you, my friend. But uh, And we already feel like we know you, right, so well. So it's going to be a guess. But he says, short and sweet, Kyle Fuller. Now, for those of you who might have missed it, Kyle Fuller, who was had an all-pro caliber year under Vic Fangio in 2018 and was really developed by Vic Fangio and Ed Donatel in Chicago, the Bears opted to release him. And so he is officially on the market. I'm trying to I'm trying to remember who it was that reported that the Broncos are going to be interested in him. Um, but there is a report out there that the Broncos are expected to have interest in Kyle Fuller. Zach, after just paying $10 million a year to Ronald Darby, what are your thoughts on then also going out? Because I, personally, I love the Kyle Fuller fit for Denver a thousand times better than I do Ronald Darby, and I trust right. that Fangio and Donatel already know what to do with him. But now you've already allocated pretty – pretty big chunk of your cap to Darby. Well, real quick, since I'm already pissed off, uh, today Troy Hill signed a contract, a four-year, $24 million deal. He got $6 million a year. William Jackson signed a free agent deal. He got $6 million a year. The Broncos are paying Darby $10 million a year. Uh, to me, it's it's still indisputable. I know it's kind of a non-sequitur. It's still a little indisputable the Broncos overpaid for Darby. I hope he proves me wrong. I hope he balls out, but that's a lot of money for a quarterback of his caliber. In terms of Kyle Fuller, he would be a good fit for the Broncos, but does he make too much sense? It reminds me last year of Prince of Mukamara. You wanted him. I wanted him. Every Broncos fan thought it was fate accompli that the Broncos would sign him. They did not end up signing him. I would really like Kyle Fuller a lot. It, the money for me has to be right, but as George Payton showed, he has no problem, you know, shelling out the dollar bills. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. 
It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. At Golden Harvest, our best skill is knowing how to listen. From our Gold Series soybean and game-changing corn portfolios to our expert insights housed in the Illuminate Digital Agronomy Platform, everything we offer is an answer to what we've heard from you. This is how we listen. Copyright 2021 Syngenta. The trademarks or service marks used herein are the property of a Syngenta Group company. All other trademarks are the property of their respective owners. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. From Mike Garofalo, quote, the Broncos are expected to make a strong push for Kyle Fuller once his release is official, sources say. Vic Fangio coached him with the Bears while George Payton had a close look at him annually twice a year with the Vikings. So that is definitely a situation to monitor. And you're right, Zach, the, about the whole smacks of Prince Amukamara. The one difference here is that by the time that entered Bronco orbit, Amukamara, he was a graybeard, right? He was long in the tooth. Whereas Kyle Fuller, I think you could still say, is kind of in the tail end of his prime years. Like you could probably still get two or three really good years from Kyle Fuller if if the stars align. I, I do like it because he has some slot uh, wherewithal as well. And the Broncos, I've been saying this for a couple pods now, they're going to have to start hedging against Bryce Callahan. For as good as he played last year, he is a major injury risk. He's proven he can't stay healthy. He's entering a contract year this year. They have to start planning for the future. And get, getting Kyle Fuller on board would allow them some more flexibility going into the draft where they're not pigeonholed into a cornerback at number nine. Yeah, so Kyle Fuller, um, he was a first-round pick, right? Kyle Fuller, Wiki, pretty sure he was a first-round yeah, pick. Yeah, 14th overall. All right, so he's uh, he's got some bona fides, all right? And he's it's not just a guy that was highly drafted, you know, half a decade ago. This is a guy that was not only highly drafted, but he has proven that he can produce, A, he can produce in the league, B, that he can produce in this scheme. So he's very interesting, very interesting player to monitor his uh, season last year. We can pull up the the analytics if we want to at some point on PFF. Maybe that's for another another time. But he uh, started all 16 games. Look at how consistent. That's exactly. what I like about him. Exactly. No injury risk. You can set your watch to this cat, right? Um, normally pretty good ball production. Last year, not, not as many picks, only one. But, hey, Zach, that's one more than Ronald Darby got last year for what it's worth. <laughs> sure. Um, but And also, you know, eight passes defense is not nothing. But you can see that 
quarterbacks just went away from him. They didn't target Kyle Fuller. He was only deflected uh, eight balls. Look at his uh, all-pro year in 2018, 21 PDs, seven picks. I mean, unbelievable production in Vic Fangio's scheme in 2018. And even 2017, 15 uh, is when Fangio arrived. So he was drafted the year prior to Fangio getting there with John Fox. All right. Fox and Fangio arrived 2015. And uh, he starts, well, yeah, he starts all 16, 17. It's another solid season, but he really lifted off that, that next year. So we'll see, we'll see how that shakes out. I usually don't advocate for when players get released, especially big-name players. I'm not usually the first to say, yeah, the Broncos should go after him. I'm usually the opposite, but in this case, this is uh, makes a lot of sense for Denver. This is not uh, much of a gamble. He knows his former coaches. He's still in the prime of his career. He's very talented, consistent, as long as the money's right. And by right, I mean not overpaying for him. I would love the Broncos to pick up Kyle Fuller. All right, real quick, John. We're grabbing J-Lo here, and then we got K-Hop. We got Drew. Um, we did get Drew. We got K-Hop. We got Levi, Burn the Guitarist, Larry, Jesse. Those would be the next in order. So, And my stream just jumped to Michaela around 638 for what it's worth. All right, let's grab J-Lo here. It's been a minute. Good to see you, my friend. Thank you. Um, and welcome back. He says, haven't been able to catch you guys live in a while due to his schedule. As if it wasn't hard enough to win in Madden with the Broncos, Lindsey was key in my scheme. Speed kills in Madden and in real life. Shake my head. Yeah, dude, it's it's uh, it's just this side of a travesty, in my opinion. It really is disappointing, man. If you can't figure out how to how to make hay with one of the most dynamic ball carriers in the NFL, you're doing it wrong. I'm sorry. And it wasn't just speed that Philip Lindsay had that made him so good. He can run between the tackles. There's plenty of highlights on YouTube where he's he's uh, scoring on a goal line touchdown or near the goal line. He was a bruiser, and, and in his diminutive way, he was always falling forward. He was always pushing the pile. He can run inside. He can run outside. He really was a true weapon, and I'm going to miss him terribly, Chuck. Oh, also, by the way, uh, for the haters out there, I'm going to grab K-Hop here in one sec, but like this cat right here, uh, MR Ship 6. So what has Lindsey won for the Broncos? Nothing. <clears throat> Seems like you like to lose. All right, so no, we like cut. losing, not losing. Let, let, let's let's cut Bradley Chubb. Let's cut and move <laughs> on from Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant, Drew Locke, Dalton Reisner, Garrett Bowles. Let's move on from all our best players. MRS ship six because they haven't won nothing. Right, that makes a lot of sense, dude. Um, let me remind you of something that we haven't even touched on quite yet tonight. Unless I'm mistaken, I might have missed it. 611 touches on offense. Philip Lindsay still has never fumbled the ball. K-Hop 16, my dog, good to see you. He says, my journey on the up the huddle up Mount Rushmore starts now. All right, dude, we're stoked to see it. Man, there's room. There's room up there, dog. There is room. Appreciate you. And by the way, this is, uh, oh, he reached out um, on huddle up. Uh, what's, uh, he, John, what's the twi- the Twitch handle that, uh, Savage Boy Kev. Savage Boy Kev is K-Hop, by the way, uh, on Twitch. So good to see you, Doc. Your Sherpas are on the way. Thank you. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Levi, my man, good to see you. Uh, this is a Mount Rushmore MHH superstar right here. He says, we all want Lindsay to get paid and have a team show him love. Everyone, stop hating on Mike Boone. Not his fault. True. And, and that's the thing. Like In Mike Boone's case, I'm always going to be like, man, I just wish that money would have gone to Phil. But now that he's a Bronco, Mike Boone, of course, you know, you're going to you're going to hope for the best. You're going to wish and expect him to succeed. But he's going to be behind Melvin Gordon and they might, you know, look, <clears throat> Melvin's going to be a, a 
free agent after this year. And if the Broncos don't win this year, Shermer's going to be dismissed along with Vic Fangio. I wouldn't be surprised if they draft a running back relatively high this year. There's been a lot of buzz that Peyton likes Najee Harris out of Alabama. This is a pretty solid running back class. Don't be stunned if they use one of their premium round picks. That's one, two, and three, rounds one, two, and three on a running back. My issue is not with Mike Boone. I'm not going to transfer blame over to him. Or It's not his fault that he was signed. He's collecting a paycheck, and rightfully so. My issue is with the Broncos' front office and their decision to move on from Phillip Lindsay, but I'm consistent. I'm not hypocritical. I will support Mike Boone like I supported Melvin Gordon. I didn't like the contract, but I wanted him to do well because it meant the Broncos would do well. I supported Joe Flacco back in the day when the Broncos acquired him. Did I think that was the right move? No. Did I think it would blow up? Yes. But I still supported him until he gave me no reason to. So I will support Mike Boone. He's a Bronco now, and I root for the Broncos to do well, not one player. Lorenzo on Facebook, thanks for being with us. Also, Mitch Trubisky signed for $2.5 million, and we can't afford that, but we have Driscoll. Yeah, so in case you guys missed it, the quarterback market dwindled even further today. Trubisky signed with Buffalo. So he's off the market, and I was relieved when that happened because I just – there was a part of me that was like, man, NFC North, you know, that's where Peyton's been. Maybe he likes him a little bit. He'll bring him in because there's a comfortability there. He, he's scouted him and all that stuff. I'm glad he signed with Buffalo because I think Trubisky is, even though his numbers, like if you look at his box scores, his statistics, he has solid numbers. He's got a pretty healthy two-to-one touchdown to interception ratio, and he's won some games, but he's just a guy that when the chips are down, and you need that clutch play, you need the guy to rise up, he comes up small. So I'm happy that he ended up being taken off the board before the Broncos could maybe make a mistake. But in this case, Zach, it doesn't sound like the Broncos – like last night I said, look, there's there's three reasons. The Broncos potentially haven't signed a quarterback as the, as the QB market started to dwindle. Either A, they're hoping and expecting Deshaun Watson to fall in their lap, B, they like Drew Locke a heck of a lot more than fans and, and haters in the national and local media would like you to think. Or the third option, they're looking at quarterback hard round one, round two, round three. A quarterback drafted early enough to be some true competition because that's the one thing he said today is we like our QB room. We like Drew Locke, but we are going to bring in competition. We're not in a hurry to do it. So what does that tell you? When they're not in a hurry to do it, Zach, to me – the implication is we like Drew a lot more than maybe we've let on. We like Drew a lot more than some of the media think. And so we're not going to go out there and 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 cruise and rush to grab a, a quarterback that, you know, might we might have to overpay for at this stage to compete or be a backup. I mean, well, first of all, I don't want a quarterback that gets benched for Nick Foles, so I'm really happy that Trubisky's off the off the board now. But my intimation from uh, Peyton's words there was he doesn't really know what he wants to do yet. I think he's keeping all options open. The Deshaun Watson situation, he's still monitoring. I don't think he's made up his mind, obviously, with over a month to go until the draft, who he's going to take in the first round. And I've been saying that. I mean, that's more of a possibility to me is drafting a quarterback if they fall in the first round than, tr- than trading for Deshaun Watson. I just think he's keeping all his options open. I think that's being a good GM. He, nothing is set in stone yet, nor nothing should be on March 18th, Chad. With the draft still upcoming, who knows who's going to get cut. Um, Marcus Mariota, though, there's a – I don't know if he got released. I believe he was going to get released if he didn't take a pay cut. Him or Alex Smith, if you're looking on the open market, if he were to get cut, those are your best options. Beyond that, though, it's slim pickings with a capital S. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. <laughs> Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. 
The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Some people were made to follow the instructions. We were made to make our own. To always measure twice and never cut corners. Unless, of course, we've got a compound miter saw. Northern Tool and Equipment is a problem solver's paradise. There's nothing we can't find, fix, or figure out together. We're made for this. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. Yep. And it really was to begin with, you know, I know a lot of fans um, were pining for Fitzpatrick, but uh, to me, he was, you know, he's the definition of fool's gold. The The best options to me were always Dalton or Alex Smith once Washington cut him. Michaela, appreciate your support, my friend. Really do appreciate you. You, uh, you mean a lot to us. I hope you know that. She says, why the Broncos, why do the Broncos like Gordon so much? Honestly, I don't get it. And I really don't like him. I'd rather have one Lindsay than 10 Gordons. Always love MHH. That's a good way to put it. I would take maybe not one to 10, but I would take one Philip Lindsay over two Melvin Gordons. And I'm not lying, dude. That might sound like hyperbole, but I really think Lindsay is a superior, <clears throat> superior player. He, not, he might not be as versatile in terms of what he can do for you within the offense. But like I talked about today on Twitter, um, the, the whole his, his downside as a receiver, that is so overblown. This dude actually has been given very little opportunity to, right. to star in the receiving game. The one thing you can't deny with Philip Lindsay, no matter how ardent you are as a supporter of Philip, he is a liability when he has to stay back and pass block on third down just because of his size. You can't get around that. Your speed, your dynamism, you know, your quick twitch, your explosiveness, that's not going to help you as a pass blocker against 250-pound rush linebackers and defensive linemen and even a blitzing safety coming downhill it's just not going to help you, right? But that aside, it's still not worth what you just passed up on in terms of what he brings to the table as a, as a running back, as a ball carrier, as just a dynamic threat to take it to the house every time he touches the ball. As much as I can say, look, I like Melvin Gordon. You guys know how we kind of feel about Gordon on this show. Uh, he's not a guy that is truly making defensive coordinators stay up at night on Saturdays wondering how to stop him. And Philip Lindsay last year, I don't think coordinators were staying up late trying to figure out how to stop Lindsay for the most part because Pat Shermer was using him 
in a battering ram type of way. He was using him as a Melvin Gordon up the gut type of way. And so they didn't have to really worry. But as soon as they started trying to use some, try and get Lindsay on the edge, pulls, sweeps, tosses, traps, all of a sudden, Zach, you saw those big, the big production happen because that's how you use Phillip. Unfortunately, it didn't happen until week 15 because it took Pat Shermer that long to figure out how to use his best players. I don't think it's hyperbole what you said, though, because, again, 2,000-yard seasons versus 1,000-yard season, it's literally a two-to-one, two Lindsays for one Melvin Gordon. Listen, is Gordon the worst running back in the world? No, but is he an $8 million a year running back? No, It's at least in my opinion. I don't know what, what Elway last year saw in him. I don't know, someone in the Broncos front office, maybe because they played against him twice a year. He's a good running back. He's not a great running back, and I'm paying great running backs $8 bucks, not good ones. By the way, Zach, the same people that are saying, running, what are you tripping on, boys? Running back is replaceable. Those same guys, they're totally okay to pay a replaceable yeah, running back $8 bucks. Yeah hypocrisy burn the guitarist in the house zach good to see you buddy appreciate you you are the man he says wow pat you decided to put monster truck tires on a lambo and didn't perform uh and it didn't perform how you wanted shake my dang head the only pleasure i can find in this is that Shermer will be without a job <laughs> in a year goodbye speed vision and heart see that's the thing you can't measure zach with a guy like Lindsay is the heart right I mean, just the fact that he ended up in Denver uh, and making the roster and then going on to to basically become the man in that offense as a rookie shows you just how how much juice, heart, motor, passion, drive, and you can't quantify it. You can't coach it. All you can do is try and find it, and you just let that dude walk out the door. It's hard to find as well. It's a rare cocktail, and the Broncos not only found that, but found it right in their backyard. It was a fairy tale Hollywood story with the Broncos, and it had a happy ending up until now. But Zach, great name, by the way, I literally agree word for word with what you said here. I was trying to think of an analogy as well, but that's perfect. Monster truck tires on a Lambo, then you're then you're incredulous as to why it didn't work out. It almost sounds like, I'm not going to put my tinfoil on today, but if Pat Shermer was, and if he was, I don't know for sure, if he was the force behind the Lindsay departure, I wonder how much of his game planning or lack of usage last year with Lindsay went into that, kind of thinking down the road and playing 4D chess. You know, he's going to be here next year. Lindsay's a restricted free agent. I don't have to use him. We have Gordon under contract. Let's start phasing him out. I would not be surprised, given the incompetency of Pat Shermer, if that went through his mind. Larry, good to see you, my friend. Another one of our great superstars. And Larry, you've been with us a long time, dude. You've been with us a long time. We should probably have you on the show at some point in the near future. If that's something you'd be interested in, reach out to us. Send us an email or DM on Twitter, and let's set up a time to get you on the show, man. It would be great. He says, it always seemed like the Broncos never truly valued Phil. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. I mean, you can't deny that, dude. Even Elway, honestly, I think similar to Drew, um, although the book's not fully written on Drew yet, but similarly, when Rich Gangarello was was jettisoned, uh, that really is – because because when Elway stood up there on, uh, you know, what we call Black Monday uh, for his end-of-season press conference following the 2019 campaign, at that moment in time, no coaches were fired. And he said, that's when he said, yeah, we're going to consider giving Lindsay, looking at Lindsay's contract and giving him a little bump. He's out kicked the coverage already. He's already outplayed his contract. Two weeks later, Fangio comes back from sabbatical and fires Scangarello. And that's when suddenly Elway's tonality shifted and changed. And he just kept kicking it down the road, kicking it down the road. And nothing materialized except for 
a two-year $16 million deal for Melvin Gordon. So that's, I think, the pivot point here, Zach, and another great point by uh, Trevor Judge in his article today. That was really the fork in the road where things changed in terms of how the Broncos viewed Lindsey because Elway goes, look, yeah, I like Philip Lindsey, but my coaches are telling this coach I, we just hired in charge of the offense is saying, this ain't my guy. I need a, I need a different guy. He's going, I'm going to listen to the coach. Basically, that's all we can infer here. Yeah, if it seemed that way, it's because it, it was that way. And they never valued him. Even after the 2018 season, there, there wasn't that – it just didn't seem like coming out of the Broncos front office that long-term support for Philip Lindsay. They might have seen it as a flash in the pan or, or a little brief success story they were going to move on from. But um, if you want a guy bad enough, and this goes in any facet of life, if you want something or someone bad enough, you will find a way to make it happen. They found a way to keep Chris Harris Jr. happy a couple years ago, gave him three million bucks. Three mil- three million dollars was more than Philip Lindsay has made his entire career through three years, but they gave that easily to Chris Harris Jr. because he started crying for more money. If you want someone, you'll make it happen. The Broncos, unfortunately, and mind-bogglingly, did not want Philip Lindsay at all. Jesse, appreciate you, my dog. Uh, good to see you. You've really been consistent lately, too, my friend. We see you. So keep it up, man. Keep it up. He says, if we get fuller, the possibilities at pick nine would be endless. Also, takeaways from the presser today, also, Raiders to release Mariota, is he a fit for Denver? Yeah, I would like him as a potential fit in Denver if he does end up getting released at the right price, at the right price. But the takeaways are this. Um, Zach, the takeaways are, as we touched on already, the Broncos are a lot happier with their situation at quarterback than people thought, all right? Uh, two, doors still open for Kareem. We'll see if that actually matters. That's what, what That was the exact verbiage Peyton used, doors still open. Uh, three, the whole thing about Philip Lindsay that we just wanted to, thanks to his contributions to uh, the Broncos and being one of the most popular players and all this, we wanted to respect that and give him the opportunity to fully negotiate, not be restricted in any way, shape, or form. So we rescinded after talking with his agent. Basically, that's what Lindsay wanted. Lindsay, Lindsay's camp said, oh, you're going to original round tender me? All right, just don't tender me. Let, let me. I see which way the, the wind's blowing. Right. I see that writing on the wall. Just let me go. And so they, they obliged. All right. Uh, the last thing I'm trying to remember what it was. There's one more thing. Um, it'll come to me, but those are the, those are the first off, off the cuff. To answer the question, what happens at nine, if they get fuller, they can go anywhere. They can move down. They can take a quarterback. They can take a offensive tackle. They can take an edge rusher. They can take a safety. They will have the pick of the litter based on what they want to do at that spot. If they get another cornerback um, in terms of Mariota, if he does get cut and he's able to negotiate, I don't want him for his current cap figure. I think it's like ten million bucks. I don't want him for that, obviously. But if they can negotiate a contract where it's five or six a year for a couple of years, I'm actually decently okay having Mariota to be this backup bridge guy, mentor, whatever. He's a dual threat guy. He's still young, but he's he's experienced as a starter. He wouldn't create headlines or, or do much damage to Locke as a starter. It could do a lot worse if they want to go in that direction, but we don't know, Chad, because even Peyton said today, quarterbacks on the board, number nine. We don't know about Locke yet. You know, things are still up in the air. Deshaun Watson's still out there. No decision has been made, but if they want to go that route for a veteran on the open market, I would not mind Mariota. Uh, Jabs on Twitter wants to know, when is Joe Ellis leaving? All we can say is that he kind of vaguely pointed towards spring of 2022 when he expects the, uh, you know, the, the court cases and the, the lawsuits that are currently going on to be, uh, you know, be concluded. So 
Uh, Dave Darlington, Cali Dave, no longer in Cali, by the way. Good to see you, bro. He says, "We uh, will. I will miss Phil, uh, but I have to support the team that has left. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Yeah, we feel you, man. It's just, it's one of those bummer moments where, you know, it's like when Demarius Thomas was traded or when the team decides to move on from any star player, right? There's that, there's that bitter sweetness to it because it's bitter because it's a player that you love. It's a player you've invested in emotionally. And the sweet aspect is, look, I still got to, I still love my team, you know, and I'm still going to relish and enjoy and savor being a fan of the Denver Broncos. And it just sucks when those moments come, but usually Zach, they come when a player has kind of outlived his usefulness. And in Lindsay's case, I know some would argue different. I know some would say that he has. I I just couldn't beg to differ more. He hasn't been tapped into his usefulness, let alone use it up already. And I want to just point to this comment. Calvin, I will bet you money right now. I will Venmo you if I'm wrong. He will get more than 1.2 on a free agent deal. If Mike Boone got 2.6 guaranteed, do you think Phil is not getting more than that per year? I will bet you right now, Calvin, if he does sign with another team on the open market, which is likely he'll be more than $1.2 million per year. Just wanted to say that. All right, uh, Naj coming back on here. Good to see you, my friend. He says, and by the way, Naj, if you ever want to come on the show, reach out, send me a, a message or an email to us at milehighhuddle at gmail, and let's set that up. Hey, brothers, a disappointing day. The treatment of Lindsay by the team was sickening. Karma will come back on this, I think. Pat Shermer failed Locke and Lindsay and is still employed. Peyton thus far has not impressed me. Yeah, it's it's disappointing. It really is. Um, and I think he's going to live to rue that. Because what are you doing? You know, you're siding with your coordinator, and I get that. But why instead don't you go to the coordinator and say, dude, do you not realize that Philip Lindsay is one of two, uh, what is it, eight running backs, I want to say, that have rushed for 2,000 yards or, or that have 2,000-yard seasons in the last three years? There's only eight backs in the NFL that have rushed for at least 2,000-yard seasons. In the last three years, Lindsay's one of them. You're telling me, Pat, we can't come up with a plan for this guy? You don't have to completely redesign the scheme to make Philip Lindsay work. What you do is when Lindsay's on the field, you call certain running plays. There, and I get it. You know, you worry that that becomes a tell. You worry that that becomes something that is telegraphed and that teams can pick up on. But trust me when I say NFL offensive coordinators, Zach, they should have the propensity, the depth of knowledge, the savviness, the creativity to not telegraph that, to say, look, look, when Philip Lindsay was on the field anyway, Zach, teams knew what was happening. It was going to be a run more often than not anyway, right? And he still found ways to produce in 18 and 19. And when he was actually on the field this past season, for what it's worth, you can't tell me, hey, let me sit down with you, Pat. Look, I get it. It's not a great fit for your scheme, but we got to figure out a way to make this work because Philip Lindsay is a stud. Well, I want to point to you in the direction again of Mr. Darren Sproles. When he was on the field in Philadelphia and New Orleans, did defenses not know what was going to happen? He wasn't coming on for third and goal and fourth and goal, Chad. He was strictly a, a an electric scat back. He had a very long career, a very successful career. He was one of the best small running backs of this generation because the teams that he played for, Andy Reid and Sean Payton, knew how to use him. There was always value for that kind of player. Even if you don't want to use the titles and fit him into a box as an RB1, if you're a coach worth his salt, you will find a way to get a playmaker and a game breaker on the field. And that's exactly what Philip Lindsay was. To discard him because of a theoretical limitation, which he's proven wrong, is ridiculous to me. Indeed. Um, do we got Smith Corona? 
John, if not, I, I've got uh, I've got one that I can grab here real quick from Christian, unless you've got him. Let me grab Christian. Good to see you, bro. Yeah, your shirt's on the way. It's probably about a week till you see it, FYI. Uh, he says, Fuller uh, being released, his Vic Fangio connection, and Mike Garofalo said that we will make a big push for him. What is a new contract prediction? Mm, <laughs> All the money question. if he comes to the Broncos. All um, the money. Kyle Fuller over the cap. Let's see. I'm trying to remember what uh, he's been playing on an on a extension, right? He's off his rookie deal. So last year, um, so this year he was scheduled, Zach, to make $13 million as a base salary. So probably somewhere around there would be my guess. And you can fudge the numbers and defer cap hits and do signing bonuses to where that doesn't impact the cap all in one year, right? But I would probably guess definitely a couple, two, three, four million more than what it took to, to to land Ronald Darby. I mean, look at what Shaquille Griffin got, right, from from Jacksonville. So I'm thinking probably 13, 14 million, mm. maybe even more, because this is an all pro, dude. This is a proven mm. guy. I wouldn't go anywhere near that money. I would pay him maybe 10 or 11 a year. And if not, listen, you know, we'll, we'll go cornerback in the draft. They can't afford Chad to, to, have that much allocation at cornerback with Simmons still playing on his franchise tag and twisting in the wind and toiling in the wind. They have to make a smart business deal. Yes, Kyle Fuller would fit a great position of need. It'd be a great ideal fit considering he knows Fangio. He knows Donatel. He was an all pro. He's this, he's that. But if they pay 12, $13 million, it's just, um, I believe fiscally irresponsible in the same light that Ronald Darby getting 30 million over three years was as well. Smith Corona, good to see you, my friend, one of our longtime listeners and superstars in the house. He's not Saquon Barkley, a nice player, and it sucks to see him go, but the overreaction is ridiculous over a number two running back. I trust Peyton and wish Phil well. Does that mean Melvin Gordon is Saquon Barkley? I mean, if you're going to put numbers and titles on guys, how is it an overreaction to say what he's done for the Broncos is is illegitimate what he's done in his career so far when given the opportunity. And I saw some comments that pushed back against my Sproles comparison that said, Lindsay can't catch. I'm going to find the tweet. I have a legit highlight that I posted before last season of him catching the ball and not only catching the ball, but making an adjustment on a catch with the ball in the air. He can do it, but when you're given less than 10 targets in a season, what do you expect? Give him the opportunity. I'm pretty sure his hands work. We all catch footballs. We've been doing it since we can literally walk and exist. I'm sure Philip Lindsay could have done it as well if they gave him the chance. By the way, Smith, all due respect, like define overreaction. All right. Like you're saying basically that that our reaction is an overreaction. Well, let me tell you why we think it's a bigger deal than than you think it's a bigger deal. Because, again, dude, you don't let your best players walk out the door. A number two running back. Look, we all agree running back is a replaceable position. All right. It is. All right, but what? So what does that mean when you stumble upon a true stud? And a, and by the way, I would disagree that he's a two B. I would definitely disagree with you on that. So what does that mean though? When you find a true star running back and a, truly one of the most dynamic ball carriers in the game, that just means that when his contract's up, you just let him hit the bricks. That's just the way it works. Maybe to a point, and that point is when they start showing signs of consistent signs of where they they lost some speed, they lost some pop, they lost some twitch or they're a constant injury concern. In Lindsay's case, yes, last year he battled through multiple injuries, but that was the one outlier. He's only three years into his NFL career. 
that was the one year that he had any kind of consistent struggles with the injury bug. And there were also mitigating outlying factors that you can point to, like the lack of an offseason program, the lack of a strength and conditioning program, everything that we've already discussed that same similarly applies to Drew Locke in terms of the limitations last year applied to Philip Lindsay. So I don't think it's an overreaction to say and question vehemently and with some emotion and some passion why your team is letting one of its best offensive players, one of its most explosive, productive, dominant offensive players. Guys, we're talking about an offense that is in dire need of production. This is an offense that beggars can't be choosers, my dog. And you let one walk out the door. Not smart. Not smart. Now, two, three years down the road, let's say you bring Lindsey back, even just on the RFA tender this year. You just hit him with the round two, bring him back. He plays on a $3.5 million tender, whatever. And then he shows you again this year similar health issues as he did last year. Then you can start connecting some dots because he's 5'8 and 190. Then you go, all right, look, yeah, we're going to go ahead and we think the risk outweighs the reward. The juice isn't worth Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. To squeeze, we're going ahead and let him go. As of right now, that's not the case, dude. He had one outlier, uh, one injury season in an outlier year. You can't hang your hat on that without it blowing up in your face. It's going to come back to haunt the Broncos, unfortunately. 
Yeah, and I see some trolls in the comments that say Lindsay's catch, what I'm talking about, is an outlier, which is so ridiculous, but I'm not going to take credit. Chad, like someone else pointed out, Philip Lindsay's first catch in the NFL went for a touchdown. Yeah. So, period. First catch, his first touchdown was a reception for what it's worth. Dennis, good to see you, brother. Appreciate you, my friend. He says the only reason Lindsay didn't have a particularly good year last year is not because of his effort. It's because Shermer didn't design plays that took advantage of his skills. Hashtag DB for life. Hashtag state of being. We feel you, dude. We agree. And this isn't a Philip Lindsay exclusive topic when it comes to that. He did that for, or didn't do that for every player on the Broncos offense. He would ignore Noah Fant. He would ignore KJ Hamler. He would ignore Jerry Judy. I mean, he wouldn't get his best players involved. And it took him 14 or 15 weeks to run a screen pass, to run a sweep. I mean, it's a Pat Shermer problem. It's a cancer that's eating the Broncos from the inside out. And that's on hyperbole. That's fact. Uh, Mr. Westside on YouTube says, who do we draft at nine if Kyle Fuller gets signed? So if the Broncos do end up signing two veteran corners, um, at pick nine, I think they almost probably sell out to to get a, a Micah Parsons or something like that. Maybe they trade back and get, you know, another – linebacker later in the first round, something like that. Or maybe it just opens the door even more toward perhaps taking a quarterback. But just telling you the vibe I'm getting off of of George Payton, and it's not just what he's saying, it's what he's doing. And what he's doing is not pursuing quarterbacks. So that's either a where we still think highly of Drew, or it's we we think we're going to win the lottery and land Deshaun Watson, which does – especially now comes with even more potential downside risk with all these claims that are against him uh, that we touched on briefly last night, or you're planning on drafting a quarterback. So I still think it's probably, if they do sign Fuller, probably still bolstering the defense going linebacker, but we'll see. Here's my thought right now. I don't believe we're going to see a quarterback signing until the draft because Peyton's leaving the option open at number nine. If a quarterback he likes is there, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, I believe he might pull the trigger. If he's not there, then it leaves him open. Okay, I can go any defensive position I want. I can take a corner here. I can take Parsons here. Or I can even move down, and I can gather more picks, and I can still get a cornerback or a defensive player. So that's what I think Peyton's doing ultimately. That's why we haven't seen a quarterback move. I thought, Chad, that veteran would come in the first or second day of free agency, and it didn't happen. I believe there's a reason for that, and he's keeping all the way up until April 28th. Those options open. Dude, I can't believe we're already at 54 minutes. Holy crap. Time flies when you're having fun. And the passion is flying. The juices are flowing. Fun, fun stuff. All right, so we really do got a a mosey. Dave from Georgia, good to see you, brother. Philip Lindsay is going to catch on somewhere and thrive. With all the stuff coming out in Houston on Deshaun, the talk of Deshaun to Denver is what he's saying. needs to stop. Let them hate. Hashtag state of being. Yeah, it is a little bit more of a concern because even if you think that everything that is being accused of Watson right now, and I want to say it's up to nine women have come forward in this suit, um, even if you think it's unfounded and that it's frivolous and that it's a money grab, even if that's your view and you're George Payton, you don't know how this could blow back on you if you move mountains and give up multiple first-round picks and multiple twos and you know whatever it takes to get him here. What if you're wrong? What if it actually is founded? He ends up becoming a disgrace and having to basically leave the NFL or something. I mean, I'm just talking worst case scenario here. 
And then you just gave up the farm for nothing, dude, nothing. So it's, it's definitely a concern. I don't think it necessarily precludes the Broncos from still keeping that door open. If the Houston Texans eventually get aggressive and want to trade him, but it's definitely, it's uh, now it's a, it's the biggest outside of the cost, Zach. It's the biggest disincentives uh, with regard to it being a potential trade. Why do I feel like Jack Easterby is behind all this, Chad? Like old Scooby-Doo villain where you rip the mask off and it's Jack Easterby underneath. It's three separate people now. Three separate accusers have come out. But we all know in the social media era, a lot of unfounded things can happen and someone's reputation can quickly become tattered. I did see, though, that the NFL is officially investigating the claims now. So they're they're launching their own in-house, you know, look into it. doesn't help Deshaun Watson's trade value, and it's true. I mean, if you take him on now, in the rare event these allegations are founded, that's serious hot water, and you wouldn't want to give up the farm for a guy that might not play for you or might be suspended. So that's why we're not going to see much movement, I think, up until the draft. And that goes for not just the Broncos but Houston as well. That's not a deal they're going to make anytime soon. So Texans Daily, our sister site on the SI Fan Nation Network, uh, is reporting that uh, Watson is now facing nine sexual oh, assault nine. allegations, and oh, it's from okay. three different lawsuits. So oh, that's what it was. Okay, three different lawsuits. FYI, that's, uh, that's the way the cookie is crumbling. Royal, good to see you, my dog. Go ahead, Zach. Where were these people, though, before, though? I mean, one person comes out and then, you know, eight more people come forward. It sounds like it's a little jiggy to me. It sounds like it's a little bit of a money grab, but we'll see what happens. Royal, if we do get Kyle Fuller, how would you see the lineup? And would you like the move? I would like the move unless they just way overpaid. I really like the idea of Kyle Fuller. Like, to me, it's almost the dream option to get a true lockdown, number one, that is proven in Fangio's scheme. So he would be your one. Darby be your two, Callahan be your nickel. That's that's the way it would shake out. I'd love Fuller. I just don't want the Broncos to pay, you know, 12 or 13 million. They cannot do it at all. And it seems like there's a connection between the lawyer and the Deshaun Watson case to Bob McNair. So I wasn't that far off. That's pretty wild. Wow. That's true. Um, Dave, again, thank you, bro. Eric Stokes from Georgia looks like a possible late first rounder. Hashtag Broncos country. Yeah. Um, you know, as time goes on, we are learning more and more about the class. And one of the ways uh, we do learn is just based on all the work that guys like Eric Trickle produced during draft season. And he just recently did a Finding Broncos scouting report on Eric Stokes. And he's an intriguing guy. Like he could definitely be a Fangio fit. No doubt about it. He's an option if the Broncos trade back. Now he'd be right. nine would be way too early for Eric Stokes. But if you trade back into the late first, or he's there early second, you you know, you know, you take him unless you did go out and sign Kyle Fuller and Ronald Darby. Right, exactly. I, I wouldn't like him at nine, but that's definitely a trade down candidate because as the Broncos are considering trading down, Stokes' stock is just going up. So they might be able to meet somewhere in the middle. They move down to like 15, 16. That might be prime position, but I've seen the highlights chat. He is a hell of a talent. John Juno, thank you for the super chat, my brother. Good to see you. He says, don't listen to the hate in the comment section. Y'all are doing a great job. Let them hate. Yeah, we don't, dude, we don't care. Seriously, we don't care. You can't be in this business and get up here and do what we do if you have thin skin. Like, honestly, we couldn't care less. Uh, If Lindsey had the same amount of touches as Gordon last year, he would have had more production than Gordon. Guaranteed. 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 So, thank you, John. I mean, everyone's celebrating the fact that he – 
you know, he came up 10 yards short of a thousand yard season. But when CJ Anderson did it, it was, you know, no big deal. It's amazing. He actually went over a thousand yards. The double standards and to the narratives that people are creating and the reaching they're doing involving Melvin Gordon and Pat Shermer is literally ludicrous to me. I can't believe it. It's called cognitive dissonance. Andy, thank you for that super chat, my friend. Connect with us on Twitter. He says, thoughts on Mariota as a potential veteran option. It sounds like he might get cut. Keep up the great content, guys. Yeah, we like him as a he's solid option. You know, he checks a lot of the boxes that you would look for for a experienced fail safe that's good enough to come in and create a little competitive anxiety for Drew. And the, he used the C word, Peyton, today, competition. And I think wh- if, whoever they bring in, whether it's a vet or someone in the draft, it's going to be someone who can offer plausibly a threat to Drew. Because look, it's like Zach when you and I first teamed up, right? When we first got uh, crossed each other's paths, this is a little anecdote for you guys here at one hour mark. But when we first crossed paths, Mile High Huddle, um, the, the network we were on, got purchased by CBS Sports. So we ended up going over to CBS 24-7 Sports. And at the time, 24-7, they had their NFL network. Zach was the beat writer for covering the Broncos for 24-7 Sports. And outside forces brought Zach and I together. Now, different guys maybe wouldn't have found a way to work it out. But initially, when we first got there, I don't know about you, Zach, but I would see you publish one or two stories. So I go, I got to publish three or or vice versa. That competitive anxiety, it elevates your game. doesn't matter what realm you're in in the world. You're a salesman. You know, it doesn't matter what football. Seriously, competition does raise all ships. So you want to bring in someone that does bring – a plausible threat to Drew that, hey, this guy could take my job. And I do think that Mariota could provide that. That's a really good analogy, Chad, and I can personally attest to that. Iron sharpens iron. doesn't matter if you're playing football, writing, you know, in a band. If you have competition, it's going to make you better. It, but if you have the character, if you get down on competition, then, then you're Pax and Lynch. You have to have mental fortitude and mental strength to, to weather that storm. But in terms of Mariota, I would not mind it. I really, as long as the money's right, and we all understand he'd be coming in to be the strict backup for now. Maybe down the road, if if lock bombs, he could start. But there's a failsafe with him. He has starting experience. He has the the draft pedigree. He's a dual threat quarterback, which to me is interesting, Chad, because that's the way the NFL is going. And he showed last year in his Raider spot duty for Derek Carr that he still has some gas left in those tires. Uh, you know, he's in that car. He still has some juice left on those legs. And I wouldn't mind. If it's not Alex Smith, you know, I would I would like Mariota a lot more over the other picked over options on the open market, Chad. Yes, indeed. Uh, Nevets on Twitch. Hey, from Twitch, shaking my head on this one. We lost a weapon and brought in a backup running back in free agency. I hate to see it. Hope Phil lands with the team that works uh, with his strengths. Yeah, he we'll fill you, Doug. He will. You on that. Um, all right. Let me real quick grab Peter, and then we're going to grab Ren. Uh, Peter, thank you, my friend Spider-Man in the house. With great power comes great responsibility. I have a comparison for all, and I will reveal it in my next Super Chat coming momentarily. We'll be watching for that, dude. We'll we'll get it. Don't worry. Uh, Ren99, good to see you, dog. I'm interested in your thoughts on what Denver will do in the draft. It so much depends on the draft, especially at nine. It's going to be so contingent on how the remainder of free agency unfolds. And one thing Peyton made clear today, Zach, they're in no hurry to run out and pay people. They're willing to let the dust settle and, you know, sift through, pick up the pieces on the second, third, and even fourth wave of free agency because he said, look, we don't got a football game for quite some time, right? No time soon do we have a football game. So I don't – 
it's hard to say, but right now I'm still sticking to <clears throat> corner, linebacker, maybe edge rusher, quarterback. Those are probably the ones they're looking at there at nine as far as viable, plausible, real options this team could take. And then the last one, because I perfectly agree, would be a trade down. And judging by Peyton's history, I mean, he's teased that a couple times now in his press conferences. Don't not, do not be surprised if the Broncos are not picking at number nine on April 28th. All right. Let me just double check. I'm just circling back real quick because I feel like we might, I'm worried we might have missed one. So let me just check here. Let me do a refresh while we do that. Base case. Good to see you, bro. Is it, and base case, you want to come on the show? Let us know, my friend. Is it a coincidence Skanks, Shermer, and Vance Joseph didn't use Philip Lindsay in the passing game? I trust Peyton's evaluation on running back, considering he drafted. Uh, he didn't draft. Too. They had a GM. He was the assistant and a scouting guy. He wasn't his call solely. Let, let's let that be known. But, no, I mean, Broncos running backs weren't used in the passing game. It wasn't just a Phil thing. There were some exceptions to that. I mean, Royce Freeman, as an example, being an exception – the season finale in his rookie year, that was – so Philip Lindsay injures the wrist at the end of the Raiders game in week 16. They end up just putting him on IR. And so Royce gets the start in uh, the season finale that year, and he ends up going off as a receiver. I mean, he had double-digit receptions in that game. So it's that, – but that was more of an outlier. If you look at the um, – well, who was it? So, yeah, that was – 18 was uh, Musgrave. And then you look at the Scangarello. Neither of those guys really like to throw the ball to the backs. That was just the way that that's just their scheme. Shermer is the guy that likes to throw the ball to the to the running back. That's where it changed. That's what I was going to say. It's like, look at the coaching staffs he's been a part of. Look at the coordinators he's been a part of. And are we really using Vance Joseph as a barometer for talent evaluation? That's the argument against Philip Lindsay here because under a Vance coach team, they didn't throw him the ball. Listen, if the, he signs with another team, they don't throw him the ball. They don't get him involved. They're making a mistake as well. He can do a lot more than this perception that is out there. So we'll just agree to disagree, I guess, base case. Uh, gears and gains and games. Productions. Man, that's a mouthful. GGP. GGGP. Try GP. Triple GP. I don't know. I'll come up with something for you, dog, if you stick around. We just need corners uh, that can tackle in our scheme. Well, that's one of the great things about Darby. This, that dude does tackle. So you don't have to worry about him, um, you know, not being willing to come downhill and do run support. He'll he'll stick his nose in the muscle and take care of business. And I see some comments that say uh, Kyle Fuller went to Miami. That's Will Fuller, the former Texans wide receiver, not Kyle Fuller. That's Will Fuller. Kyle is still available, thankfully. Uh, John, we need Noctow, Levi again, Mark Langley, Crudum, just FYI. And while you're finding those guys, um, oh, you've got them. Noctow in the house. Good to see you, my friend. My favorite Broncos are Lindsey and Locke. I'll be super bummed if both my guys get cut for not flourishing in a bad Shermer scheme. Hashtag learn to coach, Pat. Yeah, I don't think you have anything to worry about with Drew right now. Uh, it's a matter of what happens after this year. Is he being set up for failure? Is he being set up for success? Time will tell. But I'm at least optimistic and hopeful that whether it's a good scheme or not, at least it's his second year in the scheme, and you should be right. able to build on that a little bit. Right. Continuity has, I don't think anyone's ever blamed continuity for their shortcomings. So I think having that will be a big boon for him this year. Levi, again, appreciate you, dog. Oh, I, knew that. Toward, I knew that. Yeah. It's he's saying good. it wasn't towards you, Zach. It was towards the fans. Yeah. All, all good, Levi. Appreciate the, the uh, clarification though, my friend. Uh, Mark Langley, appreciate you, dog. Good to see you. How are things? We're looking forward to having you back on here in the near future. 
First catch for a touchdown from Lindsey was from Swag. Chad Kelly. Maybe in uh, the preseason. May, I don't recall for sure. I just know in the regular season, in week one against Seattle 2018, Case Keenum hits Lindsey down the left sideline, pass, runs it in. He had over 100 yards from scrimmage as an undrafted rookie in his first game as a pro, week one, 2018. Yeah, that dude can't play. Screw this guy. He's replaceable. Schlub. You know, he's a scrub. He's a jag. What are you guys tripping on? Does anyone still lay awake at night wondering what could have been with Chad Kelly? Is that just me? <laughs> I don't lay awake, but I still <laughs> always wonder. I still always wonder because he had his chance, dude. He was literally two weeks away, if that, from VJ having no choice but to pass the baton because Keenum wasn't winning ball games. Writing was on the wall on that pretty, pretty early. Um, all right, John, uh, crewed him in the house. Good to see you, my friend. Thank you so much. I know that's two nights in a row and just know we really appreciate it and uh, keep it up. My friend, you have become a superstar. You're working your way towards Mount Rushmore. And if you'd ever want to come on the show, just reach out to us. We'll, we'd be happy to set it up and get a chance to meet you. I know it's not for everybody. Not everybody wants to, but that's something you'd be interested in. We're happy to share the platform and get to know you a little bit. This is, I'm kind of hoping we draft a young quarterback to come compete. And if Drew fails, he can step in and build early chemistry and Peyton can start fresh next year. You know, hey, maybe it wouldn't be the worst thing if, if Drew did fail. Um, but just remember, it would be about building chemistry, not winning games. Rookies don't win. They just don't, dude. It's, there's, <clears throat> you know, there's a few exceptions to that rule, like Andrew Luck and RG3 in 2012 were two of the most recent examples. Uh, so, yeah, let them hate Robot Doom. Appreciate you. Yeah, and you know what? If I, I don't believe that George Payton's in the business of saving Fangio's job this year, so whatever he decides, Payton's doing it not with Fangio in mind or Pat Shermer. Uh, I believe he'd be doing it with the Broncos' best interest in mind for the long-term sustainability of the franchise. That's my hope, anyway. All right, we got sports crush, and then we really, we really do have to start moseying through because so many of our great superstars in tonight's Mile High Mailbag have been patient, patient, patient. Uh, but it's a busy, busy chat tonight. Sports crush. Good to see you again. I know that's at least the second time this week, so thank you, Doc. Switching the subject for a second, I don't want my source to be Mike Florio of NBC Sports slash Pro Football Talk, but I'm asking you, what's the latest on the Broncos' ownership situation? Keep it up. No news, dude. We don't the, – the, um, the trial got rescheduled for July, I want to say. So there's not going to be no movement on that till summer, boys So and right. girls. So, so just keep that in mind. It's going to be a while. There will be lawyers to quote Andrew Brandt. Yeah, so we'll see. Um, all right, sports crush to uh, Andy Young, Dakota, Larry, in that order, if you have them, John. If not, uh, oh, you got Andy. Uh, appreciate you. Good to see you, Andy. Thank you. A lot of major homer glasses going around the fandom with this news, acting like we let go a prime Terrell Davis. No, we're not. At all. I think, that, I mean, I that, think, you know, you talk about, everyone talks about us with the hyperbole, us exaggerating. It's you guys doing that. We're not talking about prime Terrell Davis. We've acknowledged what he is. We've acknowledged what he can be. You guys are the one that are making it something it's not. Prime Terrell Davis, that's a little overboard, in my opinion. Yeah. How many thousand-yard seasons did Terrell Davis have after three years? Three? Well, Lindsey not too far behind. He's got two. For what it's worth, I mean, you know, replaceable schlub, right? Dakota, man, thank you, dog. Appreciate that generosity. It's been a minute since we've seen you in the chat, but you returned with some uh, some power and authority. So thank you, my friend. That seriously means the world to us. 
you're the man. Thank you. And also great to know that we are connected with you on Twitter. So look for a shout out uh, later this evening. He says, Philip Lindsay was a little beast. And that he was, man. Heart of a lion. You can't deny it. Thank you, Dakota. That's that's so generous in, in a podcast like tonight where it's a little contentious. We appreciate your support so much, and uh, it's good to see you around. We'd like to see more of you going forward, but blows us away. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. No problem, John, on the on the card. This is working out just perfectly. So uh, if you got Larry again while you're um, grabbing him, let me see here. Let me get to the next one. Mark Langley. Yeah, we did. We did grab Mark. We're good on that one. Um, love you, Mark. Let me see here. Uh, stand by, guys. We just did a, a jump. Um, Black Knight. I'm going to grab Black Knight while we're while we're looking. Um, Jeremy, love you, bro. Really appreciate you. You've been on fire this week, dude, and it means a lot to us. He says, can we stop the apocalyptic uh, Philip Lindsay talk, please? I get everyone is not happy, but acting crazy, not going to help. I don't support Gordon after his DUI BS. Only thing that will fix this team is a hard rebuild. Yeah, and for what it's worth, Zach and I were don't misunderstand what we're saying. We're not saying Bronco apocalypse like the hell with this team. Catch you later. We wouldn't be doing this right now. <laughs> Tendering our resignation. I mean, for what it's worth, and Jeremy, I know you you understand this, but look, we're just telling you it's a bad move. All right, it's a bad move. We don't think it makes f- good football sense. We don't think it makes good business sense, and the fans are going to hate it. George Payton today, for what it's worth, gang said. Acknowledged, Philip Lindsay is one of the most loved Broncos of this era, basically, right? And he's they just they just you know dismissed him unceremoniously. Larry, love you, bro. If we take a quarterback at nine, would it really be a true quarterback competition, or would it? Should it? Uh, would we name the high draft pick the starter? No, I think it would have to look. The best here's my opinion on how what you do with a first round quarterback. All right. You have a guy that can start right away. That's Drew. So if you did draft a quarterback, right, this is Peyton's guy. You went and got Trey Lance, let's just say. The best uh, equation for a first-round quarterback, unless something dictates different, like the guy ahead of him gets hurt or just falls on his face, like what happened with Russell Wilson and Matt Flynn in Seattle that summer, you let the guy start, the veterans start the season. And then as soon as there are some cracks in the veneer, you let the rookie in. Because it gives them a little time to acclimate, gives them a little time to just kind of swell, grow into that situation, see how things work, be on the sideline, see how the starter's operating. And then when the time is right, when the opportunity knocks, then you put him in and he's got his beak wet at least a little bit. So in this case, yeah, you would roll with Drew. And then if he did fall, if he did, you know, go on a two-game losing streak, that's when you pull the plug probably and, and throw in Trey Lance. Yeah, I said this. I made the analogy that it's like the what the Eagles did last year. They had Carson Wentz, but they took Jalen Hurts in the second round, and they let Wentz be the starter to open up the season, and uh, he faltered in, in Hurts' game. I can definitely see the same situation playing out if they draft Trey Lance, which is not definitely a probability. It's a possibility, but that's, I think, how it would go. Okay, real quick here. Did we get – we did get Andy. We got Ren. We got Gears and Gaines. Um, sports crush. We got him. Andy got him. Dakota, Larry, Peter, based Gase got him. Got Marks, Dave again. We need Dave again. Peter and Tyler. If you can get, if you can find those guys, John. Uh, Naj, love you, bro. He says, brothers, if the Broncos get Kyle Fuller, how would you feel about 
them trading back and getting Najee Harris and then going with an inside linebacker in the second round like Surratt. Sounds like, or uh, Harris looks like he'll be a stud. I wouldn't mind Najee Harris now that you're hitting, telling Lindsey, you know, he's gone. I wouldn't mind him second round at the earliest, though, where I would feel comfortable taking a running back. And I think Najee, you know, he could be the next um, Derrick Henry caliber Alabama running back. Maybe not quite. Uh, I just had a brain fart. The kid in, in uh, Vegas, dude, what's his name? Oh. <sighs> Running back, 28. Jacobs. Thank you, Josh Jacobs. Maybe not a receiver probably like Josh Jacobs, but a productive ball carrier. And round two would be the earliest for me, but I wouldn't hate it. So I would reverse engineer it. I would say if you trade back, you take a linebacker yeah. somewhere and then hope that Harris is there in round two. And if not, there are plenty of good running backs in this class, a lot. And at Mile High Huddle, we are just getting started scratching the surface on helping you guys know who these running backs are. That's why you want to tune into the trickle zone on Saturday at noon. Make sure you're a Facebook supporter because Eric's going through the top 10 running backs in this class. You don't want to miss that. I wouldn't take a running back in the first round, but it becomes a possibility of taking him as beginning in the second round because Melvin Gordon is in a walk here. Freeman's in a walk here. You might have to revamp the entire running back room uh, this offseason. So in the second round, it opens up as a possibility. But in the first round, if it's on a quarterback, it has to be defense, whether it's edge, defensive line, inside, cornerback, safety. I think that's the way to go. So I agree with you, Chad. Flip that around, and I think that's the winning solution. Dave from Georgia, love you, bro. He says, just love this time. You guys are awesome. Thanks, dude. Thank you. You guys make it worth it. And even those of you in the in the chat that are disagreeing with this, you know, it's one thing to um, disagree. Where you're going to run into a problem with us is when you resort to, you know, name calling and petty BS, yeah. disrespect. That's where you're going to find that we're not going to, you know, we're not going to listen to that BS. So FYI. Peter Parker, here's the the second super he promised. Wow, dude. Thank you for that generosity, my friend. Seriously. Thank you, Peter. Thank you. He says, uh, Drew uh, Drew won for his first 18 games. All right. 58% completion, 3,500 yards, 18 touchdowns, 16 picks. Uh, Drew, two in his first 18 games, 59% complete, 3,900 yards, 23 touchdowns, 18 picks. Drew, one is Breeze. Drew, two is Locke. Hashtag one more year. Hashtag let him hate. Dude, you just blew our mind, dog. You just blew our mind. So Drew, number one in his first 18 games, passed for 3,500 yards, 18 touchdowns, 16 INTs. Drew, number two, that being Locke, 59% complete, 3,900, 23 touchdowns, 18 picks. Interesting. Yeah, I like that, man. I mean, it's not a, you know, you can't make an apples to apples comparison between the Drews here, right? And, And I don't think Peter's saying, so watch out, Drew's heading to the Hall of Fame someday. But it's just a good example of why you don't if, – if they've scratched the surface on showing you the potential, if they've shown you they can hang, if they've shown you that they can touch their ceiling, it's worth st- sticking it out, dude. It's worth grinding through as long as you're seeing those flashes. And it's not as in Drew Locke's case as if he hasn't, Zach. He has. Right. And the same thing, I, I got a tweet the other day where he was comparing player one and player two. Player one was Locke, player two was Josh Allen. There's a lot of comparable similarities. I'm not saying that they're gonna he's going to be Josh Allen. We're not saying he's going to be Drew Brees, but at least give him the opportunity. And if he falters, he falters. We'll be the first ones on here to say he wasn't the right guy, but just give him that chance. If you don't acquire a Watson, if you don't get a Trey Lance, I believe Drew Locke would do well this year. But Peter Parker, Chad, he actually donated twice, 25 and 5, he said. 
for number 30. So we appreciate you and Phil appreciates you. That's cool. Uh, Tyler, good to see you, dog. Becoming a bona fide superstar. And uh, keep it up, dude. You're working your way toward, uh, you know, we'll get you on the show at some point. It's been great having you in the community and just trust that we really appreciate your support. He says, I'm paying respects to the big man. Very symbolic super chat here. Uh, someone has to. Hashtag Lindsay. Denver Broncos for life. MHH for life. Wish it was Philip Lindsay for life. Yeah, the sad thing is we can start a GoFundMe and, and raise more money for Philip Lindsay than the Broncos actually paid Lindsay <laughs> over the course of three years. That's the sad part. Oh, geez. All right. Let me see where we're at here. Um, we got we got that one, John. We got that nudge. Just FYI. Um, let me scroll because I know there was a few from Boise man that popped in here late. Let me tell you. So we got another one from Jeremy about, uh, first round from black Knight, and it just did a jump. So let me go back up. Uh, let me see here. Jeremy. Oh, here it is. Um, thank you, Jeremy. Also, if we draft a quarterback in the first round, we clean house. It would meet, it would make a nice destination spot for head coach candidates. So hashtag draft a quarterback in the first round. See, I don't quite see eye to eye with you on that. Like, even if I was over Drew, the one misgiving I would have about taking a a quarterback this year is it's a lame duck staff. And that next staff, they're going to want, you know, whoever that offense, and it's going to be an offensive minded coach. Let's face it. If if Fangio doesn't work out, they've gone defense, defense in their last two head coaches, uh, Kubiak sandwiched in between another defensive coach in, in John Fox. The way the NFL is offense now, it's going to be offense, and that guy's probably going to want to handpick his own oh, yeah. cue. And you got to think that Peyton is considering these factors. You got to play the long game here a little bit. Right. So you know there are some exceptions, Zach. Like we talked about, I think it was last night. You know, Sean McVay coming in uh, a year after uh, Jared Goff was was drafted, and really kind of salvaging what was shaping up to look like a bust. Right. The his exposure in the Jeff Fisher seat last season there you're like man i don't know if this dude was all he's cracked up to be and then mcbay came in and turned him around but it's pretty rare to see that happen in all honesty that coach that's the offensive mind if you draft a cue they want it to be their hand-picked guy that they helped you know select yeah plus you know the risk factor involved i mean are you going to use a number nine overall pick on mac jones i mean as good as trey lance looked in his pro day there's a lot of risk factor there as well so again it might be for the long haul to not take a quarterback this year, and when, not if, I believe it's it's inevitable. I don't see Fangio going eleven and five this year. You know, at, at its current level, at its current pace, if he gets fired, it's going to be an offensive mind, probably a young offensive mind, hopefully an innovative offensive mind. And like you said, he's going to want his own quarterback. Who that will be is unclear, but I believe that's the way it will go in twenty twenty two. Boise man, good to see you, dog. Appreciate you. It really shouldn't surprise us that a first-year GM doesn't feel loyalty to the inherited roster. True. He's here to build a new culture, not to continue Elway's culture. Give him time uh, to put his vision in into place. Yeah, I feel that for the most part. But again, are you in the? What about your culture? If you're George Payton, does Pay, does does uh, Philip Lindsay not fit into? Like, I'm honestly asking. Like, what would you think? How would he not fit into that culturally? What's up? Good to see you, R. Butler. Uh, and then Boise Man here. Uh, great show, he says. Keep it up, fellas. Appreciate you. Thank you. What, are your th- what are your thoughts to what he said there, Zach? 
how do you, I mean, you talk about a culture fit beyond this offseason when Lindsey finally spoke up, and I don't blame him after three years, he finally spoke up against his usage, but he's been the good soldier all this time. He did whatever was asked of him for not a lot of money, not a lot of shine. Other players came in above, and he still was a team player first. He he bled, he sweat, he cried for the Broncos. He gave everything he could. If you talk about a culture builder, again, like Michaela said, I'd love to have 10 Philip Lindsay's. I'd love to have 22 Philip Lindsay's on the field at all times, Chad. You cannot, like you said also, teach hard. You cannot buy hard. You cannot inherit hard. You have it or you don't. And that's why wherever he goes, whether it's the Niners, whether it's the Ravens, New England, wherever he ends up, that team will be better because they have Philip Lindsay on it. That's a fact. We got one from Chris P. Thank you, bro. Fuller's wiki page already says he's a Bronco. Can, can confirm. Look here. Kyle Brandon Fuller is an American football cornerback for the Denver Broncos of the National <laughs> Football League. That's funny. Someone's someone's hacking into wiki, right? So, And the self-editor's there, right? Anyone can, can get into wiki. Uh, Alvin. Wow. Thanks, bro. Thank you so much. Wow. Seriously. Thank you, Alvin. Wow. It means, means the world means. to us. And uh, it's always a better stream when you're in the chat. You know, and that's with or without super. So thank you, dog. Appreciate it. If you ever want to come on the show, reach out because again, I want to say, I, I remember you kind of entering into the community about the time, the last time we had Brandon Perna on the show last summer sometime, and you just been very consistent, very supportive. So it'd be great to get to know you a little bit. If you'd like to come on the show, reach out, uh, send us an email, DM me. We'll, we'll work it out. But he says the best for Lindsay, the best, meaning he wishes the best for Lindsay. He deserves to go where he is wanted and needed. On to the next running back and move on. But I will laugh at Peyton if Lindsey decides to show up as a pro bowler again. Yeah. And you know what? If he does end up in San Fran, KC, yeah. maybe not KC, because there's a lot of mouths to feed in KC, right? So if he if he ends up in like San Fran, New England, um, trying to think of some other places that would make some sense. Baltimore, Green Bay, and there's Baltimore. a bunch of places. Yes. Put him somewhere with an established O slash Q. And he will be that, dude. That's who he is, guys. Trust and remember when it happens. Alvin said it here, and we are saying it too. How about Arizona? You think Vance is going to you know, get on the horn and, and, and convince his general manager to pick up Phillip Lindsay with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins? He would ball that offense. And if he does face the Broncos twice a year, if he joins the Chargers or the Raiders or the Kansas City Chiefs, you can already rest and bet knowing he will stick at the Denver twice a year. He will have extra motivation, not just a chip on his shoulder, a whole bag of lays on his shoulders. Bet on that. (laughs) Indeed. All right, last super chat, and then we got to give some love to uh, Facebook here. Appreciate you, Mark. What's up, my guys? It sucks about Lindsay. Shake my head. Oh, well. On to the Chiefs. Hashtag huddle up pod. Hashtag hey, John. MHH. Hashtag football priest. Really appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, I hope it doesn't happen. That would be the worst thing, man. But if he does sign with the Chiefs, you know, that's him really trying to stick it to and turn the turn the knife, so to speak, on the very team that kind of stuck it in his back, so to speak. Right. I mean, I would hate to see it, but it wouldn't uh, wouldn't surprise me. I could see, you know, someone said in the comments, the Saints as well. We talked about Darren Sproles. You know, Sean Payton is so creative and, and so uh uh, cutting edge. He, he would thrive in there as well. Also on that turf in New Orleans. That's a great landing spot for Philip Lindsay as well. All right. Real quick, before we dip on out of here, um, got to give a tip our cap to our supporters on Facebook that have supported tonight with stars. Shout out to Randy Jones. Shout out to Gary Leeds Palmer. Shout out to Kobe Sir. 
Shout out to Brad Murdoch. Thank you, guys. Now, Kobe, that's a newer name is, that we don't recognize as far as stars and being a supporter, so welcome. Thank you. But Randy, Gary, Brad, love you guys. Thank you so much, and uh, we appreciate you. And, guys, we appreciate each and every one of you, including those that disagree with us tonight. You know, very passionate, very heated uh, debate at times with the chat and amongst us as your host. I hope you guys understand it's nothing but fun for us. It's nothing but another day at the office. We don't take any of this stuff to heart. You know, emotions are running high right now, including with us. We're not going to lie. You know, today was a was an emotional day, and this is a gut reaction type of episode, okay? So it's all good, all right? We'll see you guys back here on uh, Sunday night, but we definitely hope that in the meantime, you head on over to our Facebook page, Mile High Huddle, and subscribe. We got to announce the winner of this week's giveaway here in just a moment. But become a supporter of Mile High Huddle on their our Facebook page, Big Blue Button, and you'll get access to the Trickle Zone on Saturday at noon, top 10 running backs, dope, dope content. And then Kelberman's Corner, episode 11, Sunday at noon with Zach and Kimberly Becker, hot takes that hold water. And without any further ado, Zach, before I forget, I would hate to forget, got to announce the winner of this week's randomly selected giveaway for someone who both follows, likes and follows the new Huddle Up Podcast Facebook page. It's going to John um, Cidabaca, I think is how you pronounce it, Cidabaca. So, John, I know you're an old school superstar, too. You haven't been in the chat as much lately, but I know you're listening, and I know that uh, you're supporting what we're doing. So congrats. To claim your prize, shoot us an email, milehighhuddle at gmail.com. We will set it up, get you get you your winnings. Congrats. Thank you, John, for doing that. And if you guys want to be in on the running for next week's giveaway, just go to our page on Facebook, like it, and follow it. You're in like Flint. Thank you for your support, Jonathan. We hope you love the merch. And uh, shoot us a picture if you want. We'll put it up on our MHH Instagram and uh, – yeah, Chad, let's, uh, let's handle the other matters of business, and I'll sign us off. We're out of here. P- podcast on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod, at MileHighHuddle, Zach, at KelbermanNFL. What did I do? I somehow turned off. Oh, did I? Did they somehow the our, – our handles aren't showing up. That's weird. I don't know what the setting – did I unclick a setting? I don't know. Anyway, oh, here it is at the bottom. This is what happened. Hold up. Hold up real quick here. All right, at Kelberman. Oh, it's on, John. There it is at Kelberman NFL at Chad and Jensen, and then uh, John at Buona Beast here, but on Twitter at John K M H H. And as John was trying to so helpfully show you guys before you dip out, like the video, very helpful to us. And uh, if you respect the effort, share it out there. We'll I'll see you Sunday night. Zach will see you Sunday at noon for Kelberman's Corner. Zach, have a good weekend, bro. Sign us as well. Yes, and for anyone who feels passionate about this topic, hint, hint, anyone who kind of leans toward my side on the topic, I urge you guys to watch KK number 11 Sunday at noon Mountain Time. That is going to be the topic. It's going to be, I think, our best show yet. I cannot wait to come at you with with that and see you guys there. Also, the podcast on Sunday night, 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern. Everyone, Chad, John, every single person in the chat, even the Philip Lindsay haters out there, have a great Thursday, a great weekend. We will see you Sunday night. Take care, and as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. 
the Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.